This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello, and welcome to the New European Podcast, brought to you in association with Progress, the centre-left pressure group changing Labour Party policy, stopping a Tory hard Brexit, marching for a people's vote, your remain home in Labour. I'm Richard Porritt. I'm joined by Jerry Scott. Hello. We'll be doing the news. And then we're going to have a chat to uh, John O'Reed, our social media guru, um, who was on the march. And uh, he's going to be telling us a bit about the march and what he thought of it. And we will be reminiscing with you. I'm sure you were all there as well. And then... We're going to reach into Jono's mailbag. Yeah. And he's going to be pulling out some questions mm-hmm. for us. Because um, there's no Steve this week, so basically we've got filler. No. Instead of Steve. Steve is in New York. Bizarrely, he's literally just emailed me. What's he up to? He, he's literally just proposed a new time for the recording of the podcast next week. Man never takes a holiday. So, there you go. Live from New York, we are rescheduling the podcast. Um, in the news, Hell Week time, Hell Week three, the sequel of the sequel. The Hell Week sixty four, isn't it? Well, it is really, isn't it? But a lot of people at the start of the week were saying, "Oh, this is it," and we had that awful uh, rhetoric, didn't we, from the um, that unnamed MP? Yeah, it wasn't very nice, was it? All that knife twisting and all sorts. Yeah, that was the, nasty. The, 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 I think the one that I didn't like the most was because um, often, you know, we use phrases, we have to be careful, but I, I dare say I've been guilty of it in the past of, you know, knives are out for and sharpening the knives and things like that, which probably aren't aren't suitable but, no, but she should bring her own, yeah it was she should bring her own noose yeah that was really horrible not very nice it doesn't really matter as we've said before when you know on this podcast when we had a go at the idiots who uh, rounded on Jacob Rees-Mogg's kids that um you're allowed to disagree with people politically but um you know that kind of imagery and language is there's no place for it in my opinion um but she she survived yeah, weirdly, Did she have I, a good week? I didn't think she was going to survive because there was that meeting of the um, 1922 committee, wasn't yeah, there? And yeah. there was kind of rumours that it was all going to go kind of bad for her and that there was going to be some kind of rabble rising. But um, but kind of the reports afterwards seem to have kind of saying it's going pretty well. Someone called it a love-in. A love-in, that was uh, Fabricant, I yeah, think, Yeah, yeah, and Amber Rudd said that she'd won the room and it was very emotional and things like that. So she seems to have kind of... Dug her fingernails in for another week. At Did least. you see uh, Nicky Morgan on on Peston, yeah, which is much yeah, more yeah. fun on a Wednesday night than it was on a Sunday morning? <laughs> do you not think? Well, I like not having to wake up. Yeah. Well, well, I'm I'm in, but I have to watch the next day. I'm yeah. far, on far too late for me. What time is it on? About quarter to eleven. Something like that. Very late. 
It's far too late. I am literally in bed by half past nine. Nice, nice bit of bedtime listening for you as you drift off. I don't have a telly in my bedroom. Mm-hmm. Nikki Morgan on that said that she thought that that she had her back. Nikki Morgan, of course, big Romina, and she said uh, that she thought that she would be around in the short term, but they were probably looking for a leader within the next twelve months. Yeah, yeah. I I, I don't really think that's a surprise, but but yeah, it was it was interesting to hear that from. Um, from Nicky Morgan, I also saw some um, quite interesting tweets as well, talking about how uh, you know some uh, leavers thought that there have been kind of like remainders planted around the room yeah, to like, yeah. bang their fists on the desk. But that's you know that's clearly not the case. And it sounds like um, they've come out. I don't know. I guess quite united. I'm not massively surprised that she that that she survived that. To be honest, I think that as we've said previously, the Tories do tend to rally around. This is a time when they absolutely believe that they have to because they're more worried about a Corbyn government than anything else. That's why there's not going to be a general election. Um, um, oh, I think there's a question. I think I saw a question on this line, so we'll get to that later when we when we empty um, Jono's mailbag on the table. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, so the, the meeting happened after these, um, these new revelations about the government's plans for a no-deal Brexit, um, alternative measures to secure supplies of food and medicine across the English Channel. They yeah. were going to be hiring ferries. Yeah, there was talk about um, kind of like buying lorries yeah. and all sorts, <laughs> wasn't there? It's madness, isn't it? um, what, what has become of this country? It's, very, it's a very strange situation. Are you, are you worried about these revelations coming out, or, or is it actually quite comforting that at least we know if absolutely everything goes massively tits up, there will be some trucks and lorries? Yes. Yeah, so, <laughs> <laughs> so I guess. You know, I do buy into the kind of line that's given often where they do have to plan for all eventualities. Of course they do. I do get that because it'd be people like us who, if they didn't, and it all went wrong, would go, well, why didn't you plan for that? Yeah, so, absolutely. I, I agree completely. I get it. I it's get it. It's scary but that it we're having to plan. scary. Properly. Yeah, exactly. It's um, scary that we've got to think about it. Um, but I guess I kind of see why it has to be done. Yeah, yeah. Well, fairly apocalyptic visions we keep getting every now and then about a no-deal Brexit. Um, another group of folks who are worried about a no-deal Brexit, of course, are these uh, opposition parties who went off en masse yeah. to, see, uh, to see Mr Barnier. Yeah, it sounds in, like quite uh, a Brussels. fun coach trip, that. Yeah, do you reckon they went on a, like a charabang? I really hope so. Oh, that would be great, wouldn't it? I want to you... know what songs they sang on the way. Well, Ian Blackford would have been singing some... some Something uh, old Lanzine. Yes, fine. <laughs> Vince, Cable, Vince Cable would have been doing. Um, what's that song? He likes hats, doesn't he, Vince? Does like hats. Um, you can keep your hat on. Yeah, very good. I think the Greens would be on the old Kumbaya. Oh yeah, the definite Kumbaya. Yeah. Um, and uh, something Welsh. Yeah. Apply Cymru, maybe. Oh, what... Bit Tom Jones. Bit Tom Jones. Anything yeah. by Tom Jones would do. Or, or maybe some Catatonia. <laughs> or maybe Tom Jones did a duet with Kerry Matthews from Catatonia. There we go. That's what they could sing. Yeah. Perfect. But they were out there um, basically pushing for, for a softer withdrawal. I wonder if they're talking to the right people, really. <laughs> do, you, do you not think? Do you think they're on the wrong side, really? <laughs> there, aren't they? I think they should be yeah. down at, at Downing Street. Street Barney's there, going, yeah. I agree. I know. I agree. <laughs> I, agree. I agree. Yeah. Good. Fucking Sharabang. <laughs> Back we go. <laughs> also, do you think they collected them in the Sharabang, like en route? Where would it start from? <laughs> they start in Edinburgh and then have to go to to Dublin. What you mean, like when you go on holiday and, and they to... drop everyone off at the hotels? Yeah, yeah. And you're really nervous. Oh God, I hope this one isn't. Mine and they call out your name. Porridge. Oh Jesus! 
Oh, a really good one. Ooh, uh, no. no. Oh, no. <laughs> People have actually paid some decent hard-earned cash for the holiday rather than lose 200 quid it on, on, off teletext. Off teletext? <laughs> yeah, you never booked a holiday off teletext. I never booked one, I remember them. Teletext holidays were great. Um, yes, so they, they were... I, I don't know... Vince Cable called it an unholy alliance. Yes, yeah, so I quite like that. <laughs> um, I don't nice. know. I don't really know how much impact. Well, not only going to the wrong people would have, but you know, if that kind of um, that gang of I don't know people turned up at your doorstep, We've would you got, would you take them very seriously? You got, got a gang together to yeah. save to save Brexit. Let's get the old gang back together. Yeah. It's a, uh, some of the quotes here, Liz Savile, Liz Savile Roberts, Plaid Cymru's Liz Savile Roberts said, Plaid Cymru will not stand by and allow the British government, along with their collaborators in the Labour Party, to drag Wales out of the single market and customs union. Yeah. I don't think they've got a great little choice. Um, <laughs> let's be honest about it, I can't see what they're going to do. Sir Vince is saying that he wants to make sure that he knows there's another view in Parliament. Yeah, that's an interesting... I mean, that's. That, that, I can see the value yeah, in I that. Yeah, I can see the value in that. I just don't know how much of a difference it's going to make. No, me neither. But he did also say... Um, uh, he mentioned this. this is, a lot of people talking about this, talking about brave conservative and Labour rebels. I think mm. they're, trying to, they're trying to G these people up to make sure that they're voting along the right lines. Um he said that they're also involved in in leading this fight for a people's vote, and there's tremendous parliamentary and public pressure to hold that vote. Yeah. Um, well, we'll get to that pressure in a little bit when we talk to John about the about the march. Um, but I, yeah, I I think this is of limited value, really. I have to say. Um, well, I but- kind of think it's as with anything with the Lib Dems at Al, and this sounds nasty, and I don't mean it as horrible as it sounds, but it's all very well-meaning, but with no kind of oomph behind it. Well, it doesn't that's the make problem much when you've difference. not got many MPs, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. Um, John MacDonald said, yeah. the best way to unite a country bitterly divided over Brexit is to... Have an election! Not another one! <laughs> <laughs> not another one! Because uh, uh, that really, worked really John. well last time. John, that's a bad idea. Well, I, of course it's not a bad idea for Labour because they want no. to win a general election. I love that we keep saying we want a general election. We know, you're in opposition. <laughs> Isn't it? An opposition Who party doesn't? ever gone, uh, no, we're not keen on general no. elections. No, Goodbye, no. I miss you, carry on. No. So yeah, he's uh, he's been saying that, hasn't he? And kind of uh, saying that they prefer that than a than a second referendum. I'm sure we'll talk about that in a minute as well. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, uh, obviously, I mean, this is a line that they they sort of bashed out at conference. Mm. And I interviewed him at conference, and he said, you know, the same thing as did Emily Thornberry, um, and in fact, as did Keir Starmer. Um, but it, it's not as simple as just having. A, it, it's all well and fine, isn't it? Going, we'll have a general election. But what are they going to stand on? Because at the moment, would they say... Uh, would they say stay in? six tests yeah. Brexit? Or would they say no Brexit? Or They're not really making that clear, are they? Well, it's kind of typical Labour on the fence again, it when they say, Brexit, you know, yeah. we could keep the option of backing a second referendum open if there's no election. Well, just say what you're going to do and let people decide. It's all very wishy-washy again, isn't it? Yeah, and uh, it's... Let's see what he said. He said he was asked whether Remain would be on the ballot. So this stems from that extraordinary moment. I think probably my favourite moment from the conference season, actually, when when Kia, because we got we got the we get the speech, and we have to check against delivery. So as he's reading it, we've got it in front of us. We were doing that immediately. Of course, I flicked to the to the Brexit bit, and um, and he, and there's no mention of 
of the Remain, and there'd been mm-hmm. a bit of an argument that morning about whether Remain would be an option. And he said, nobody's ruling out Remain as an option, which huge eruption of applause. Crowd was a wild. really great moment. Yeah, it's certainly the biggest cheer of the week at, at Labour. Um, so McDonald was asked about this. He said, we need to respect the original decision of the referendum. We've got to respect that decision, but Parliament will decide on the question that we put to the people, and we are keeping all options on the table. Seems like a bit flip floppy again, doesn't it? It's it's just it for me. I'm just so exasperated by these answers all the time. Of oh, we'll do this, we'll do that. The people will decide this, and the question we don't really know what it'll be yet, and we'll act on that when we see it, and yada yada. And there's just no there's no action. I'm mm. sick of it. Mm. Yeah, uh, they seem to take two step forwards and three back, don't they, mm-hmm. over on Brexit? But um, as a, we all know, I'm a big fan of Keir Starmer, and I think he's trying his trying his best to keep up the good work, Keir, Sir Keir. Give it a go, yeah. Um, big day on Monday. Big day on Monday. Why? Well, it's the budget, isn't it? Oh, oh I wasn't thinking about that. <laughs> Why is the budget on a Monday? We're not really clear on this. Oh, it's my favourite thing, though, that, that you know, there kind of might be. It's the first Monday budget since 1962. No, that's right, yeah, it was 1962. Um, and the assumption is um, that uh, the Chancellor looked at the calendar, saw it's Halloween... And decided not to give uh, the likes of us the chance to run headlines like Nightmare on Downing Street, etc. Which, frankly, we would. I mean, I, I probably still will. I mean, it's only two days before. That's fine by me. I mean, I've just been out in the city centre and literally everyone is dressed yeah, like well, a vampire or something. It's New Europeans odd. are weekly paper. That'll be closest to Halloween. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's, a very, it's very odd that adults dress up for Halloween and go about their business during the day. I find Halloween very odd. Um, and I shan't be dressing up, will you? I'll be dressing up, yeah. Do you do Halloween, do you? Yeah, I'm a Spice Girl this year. <laughs> Which one? Take a guess. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry is also Ginger, listener, if you have never seen a picture of Jerry. Right. That's not Halloween. Yes, That's it just is. a fancy dress costume. Okay, zombie Ginger Spice, then. All right. Fine. Um... So, so the budget is on <laughs> yeah. Monday. The budget is on Monday. What are you? What what have you got your ears pinned back for? Yeah, pinned back. Pinned for? back, indeed. Um, so there's all this end of austerity stuff, isn't there? I'd like to see what kind of comes of that. I'm not expecting much. So this is what I mean. This is the main thing going into the budget that everyone's looking for. Yep. I think um, because Theresa May, of course, the the thing that I think lots of people took out of her conference speech was. We're coming to the end of austerity. I can't um, help but hear that in kind of a war is over type way. Austerity is over. Well, like Yoko Ono and John Lennon. That's exactly it. it. Yeah. <laughs> if you want it, austerity is over. If you want it, by Jerry Spice. There we go. And me, Richard Porritt. Yeah, let's do a duet. I'll get the piano back in. Excellent. Oh God, that took you a while to get out of the last time up upstairs. All right. Yeah, we'll do that. Um, austerity is over. If you want it. Um, by Jerry and Richard. That'll be on in, on Spotify next week. Absolutely. Um, yeah, but she did say, and I made a big point of this at the time in the press room, and everyone was like, oh, shut up. <laughs> You're ruining it. Because she did say that we will look to loosen the purse strings after Brexit yeah. next year. Yeah. So really, I said to you, no, it isn't over. We've got one more year. Yeah. Um, so another year where the Tories can make everyone <laughs> squeal. Well, yeah, and Theresa May's kind of already promised... Any extra money to places, hasn't she? To the to the NHS and to um, freezing fuel duty. So I'm kind of intrigued to see what Philip Hammond's going to be able to do yeah, when things have already kind of been promised. He, he's uh, he's got his hands tied somewhat, hasn't yeah. he? Um, so yes, yeah, she's uh, she's already said there's going to be a tw- tw- twenty billion twenty billion pound boost uh, for NHS spending. 
that's by 2023 mm-hmm. um there's some other stuff there's a bit of there's been a bit of mumbling around this um this tax rise on beer a lot of people are worried about this yeah that could cause them i think it's a 3.5 inflation link 3.5 percent tax rise on beer um I mean, that'll be it for me. I'll quit beer. Will you? At that moment. I find that very difficult be to believe. It. No more beer for me. Sure. <laughs> um, so, yeah, he's not got a lot to play with, has he? Um, and, yeah. I mean, what do you think Brexit, how, how's Brexit going to impact it? It's really difficult, isn't it, to kind of know because we get all these, you know, the, the figures come through and say, look, things are looking bad and, um, and that kind of thing. But I think it's going to have to be one that we kind of wait and see what's going to happen on. It's going to be tough, isn't it, for him to do... I think probably they were hoping that they would have a deal by now. Yeah. And therefore... Because there's lots of things that... he's He talks about this um, deal dividend. Yeah, once there's an agreement. Yeah, which seems to make sense, actually, because there is a lot of companies that are waiting to see. They're holding back on investment and they're waiting to see. And if if a deal is favourable then that investment hopefully will start flowing again. That's what he's got sure, his fingers. Sure, but what if it isn't, right? <laughs> well, I mean, it's a big if, isn't it? It's a bit like, oh, I'm really hungry. I've got a pound. I'll buy a lottery ticket. And then with the winnings, I can have a slap up <laughs> meal rather than getting a sausage roll from Greg's. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Um, I knew you were going to say Greg's. Well, I went to Greg's this morning. Did you? What did you have? I had a I had a sausage butty. Yeah, they are good. They are, they're all right. Yeah, they're all right. I was just walking past. I'm not a big Greg's fan. <laughs> Are you? Yes, I love a chicken bake. A chicken bake? I don't think I've ever had a chicken oh, bake. Maybe I should try one. There's that on Brexit. And there's also this... Uh, let me just get this right. There's a fif- there's 15 billion quid that he's put to one side. Just hanging around. Yeah. It's a nice little nest egg, isn't it's it? not bad, is it? I don't mind that. I mean, I've started saving for Christmas. It's a bit like that. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> what, you got a fiver? No. No, oh. no, no. I've got, I've, I'm doing quite well. Oh, good for you. Yeah, I'm doing all right. I'm 15 Christmas. billion? Not quite 15 no. billion. Fine. Although, what a Christmas that would be. But this is, uh, it's a, yeah, it's, it's a, a buffer, slush isn't it? fund, really, isn't yeah. it? I suppose, um, against any possible disruption. So, if we don't have to buy those ferries and lorries, <laughs> what, what could we do with that 15 billion? But again, like we said, you know, with the planning for there to be no food, etc., it's scary that he's even had to put 15 billion pounds aside in, in the kind of eventuality that we How might need. How far would it go if we, need to, if we all need feeding? I don't even think it's going to go that far, 15 billion. In the grand scheme of government money, that's not much, is it? Probably not. Okay, we will return and we will chat to whispering John O'Reed about the march, and then Jerry will join us again in a little while. Stay angry. Fight Brexit. Subscribe to The New European. Your first 13 issues of The New European are only £13 when you join us and become a subscriber. Order by telephone by calling 01858 438840 and quoting Podcast One, or order online at our website, www.neweuropean.co.uk. Stay angry. Fight Brexit. Subscribe to The New European. Welcome back to the New European Podcast, brought to you in association with Progress, the centre-left Labour pressure group, changing Labour policy, stopping a Tory-hard Brexit, marching for a people's vote, your remain home in Labour. Join today for just £3 per month at prog.rs forward slash join. That's prog, P-R-O-G dot R-S forward slash join, J-O-I-N. Jono. Hello. You went on the march. Well, it was more of a shuffle than a march. A I shuffle. Have to say. <laughs> the Brexit <laughs> shuffle. Oh yeah. 
<laughs> I think, well, when Jerry comes back in, we're going to call her back in in a minute. We'll get her to, because she's, I don't know if you know, but she's going to be a Spice Girl for Halloween. Oh, really? Which one? Maybe she, Which one? <laughs> can you guess? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know, this is absolutely true, right? A friend of mine's friend said, on a night out, said, I don't know, I know you from somewhere, I... I recognise you from somewhere. It's something I can't put my finger on it, but I recognise you from somewhere. You remind me of someone or something. And this went on for a good couple of hours, and then she went, "Ah, oh, I know who it is, Melby." <laughs> <laughs> Melby. <laughs> it's because of the accent, I'm presuming, because I'm not a middle-aged black woman. <laughs> But there you go. So it's, it's Jerry. She's going as right. Jerry. Not, In yeah. fact, I don't know if you know, but she's named after Jerry the Spice Girl. Scary Spice might have been more apt, but you know. Ooh. <laughs> no, from a Halloween perspective. Ooh. From a Halloween perspective. Shade throne, I think is what young people call it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Back to anyway, the Brexit shuffle. The shuffle, You yes. were there. You covered it for us. Lots and lots of people. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they're claiming 700,000. 700,000. Um, the cops said a bit lower, I think. But usually these sort of things meet somewhere in the middle, though. Yeah. It's certainly hundreds and hundreds and yeah. hundreds of thousands and, of people. And, and no doubt the second biggest uh, political protest of the century. So. Yeah, yeah. It was, a, it was certainly a big deal. And um, lots of great banners. You can see them all in the paper. Pick up a copy of this week's paper. For loads of great pictures of the banners. There's loads of great stuff online as well. Um, I think those banners are even online or going online as we speak, mm-hmm. aren't they? Yeah, yeah. There was a real, there was a real carnival um, atmosphere there. I think um, there was even a rave at one point. There which, was a rave. <laughs> yeah, there was a Brexit there's a, rave. There's a great video on our Facebook page of people raving. Um, they, they were probably there all evening, but you know, it looked looked great fun. So this um, is interesting. You bring it up. So I was going to ask you about the um, the atmosphere because. It, you know, was there ever a feeling that it could turn nasty? Because these Remain matches don't seem to have had that feel about them, do they? No, absolutely. I think it, it, it was good fun throughout and, you know, it's what people make of them. Um, but we've got some very creative people on our side and, you know, that atmosphere was just buzzing the whole way through. Yeah. I mean, some people were marching for or waiting for nearly four hours to get across the route. Um, really? You know, the fact that people were prepared to stay and do that shows both the passion and how much you know, sort of people enjoy those marches. Um, but yeah, th- there was no trouble whatsoever. Um, and the speakers? Yeah, the speakers were great as well. Obviously, we had Delia and Deborah Mead in there. Um, who's, who's the best one? Uh, I would say Deborah Meadin probably was really? the best um, from my perspective. I mean, you know... Are you a Meadin fan, are you? I, I am a fan of Dragon's Den. Um, uh, have you got anything you'd like to take into Dragon's Den? <laughs> I don't at the moment. <laughs> okay, no. we'll come back to that one. <laughs> um, but I mean, I, th- I think what was quite nice about this one, not only was it quite clearly a bigger, much bigger event, four or five times the last event, but you know, the speakers, the people in the audience were... Clearly, you know, quite a lot, a lot more diverse compared to the last one. It did feel a lot more middle class the one before. Did it? Um, but certainly this one, you know, it felt like what the one uh, a year ago or the one uh, earlier this in year? June, yeah. Right. Um, you know, but obviously four or five times. Do you more think people. we got the young people out this time? Well, I mean, I was at, I was near the front. Um, I wasn't allowed in with the little young uh, youth section. Um, <laughs> obviously, <laughs> it was a, youth, a youth section at the yes. front of the march. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. And you were, they thought you said, hey, "Old man, no, yeah. get, get the to back, the back, you. get to the back." Um, and you went off your walking but, you know, obviously... <laughs> <laughs> obviously with this one um you know they, they were very keen to sort of show it was quite a diverse offering and you know a much younger crowd as well um and yeah it, it did it did feel quite different to last one i mean there's been accusations obviously it's just sort of a london liberal elite that are 
there, but certainly, obviously, we, we had busloads of people oh, coming from across from the all country. Over, weren't they? Absolutely. Um, and people from across Europe as well that were sort of tweeting us, letting us know they were coming as well. So Great stuff. Um, and what was your favourite banner, do you think? Oh, my favourite banner. The I mean, ones with the penises on, <laughs> right? I mean... <laughs> Yeah, um, not sure. It's a good question. There were a lot of um, the Banksy esque um, banners, which I thought were actually quite. Um, Do you think Banksy's a remainer? Uh, potentially, yeah. Yeah, we'll ask him, won't we? <laughs> yeah, we'll get we'll get him on the Brexit blower <laughs> next week. Um, but yeah, there was a lot of Banksy art. But I mean, all of the banners were really creative. You know, it all just really added. There must have been some rubbish ones as well. There were, but I mean... Uh, <laughs> Come on, call but out there, the rubbish banners. <laughs> no, but there was one that was literally, it said something like, this is a rubbish banner, but it's still better than Brexit. So oh, it was good. just done on a bit of corrugated cardboard. I uh, would. What, ba- what banner would you have taken? Did uh, you take a banner? You no, probably aren't allowed if you're a journalist. No. Um, I would have taken one of ours, but then I would have taken one that just says, down with this sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I would have taken. I mean, what, what I found quite funny was the... Uh, the number of tourists in London who were stumbling upon this protest. Oh, really? Um, and one of them was getting out their language book and looking in, in their language book to try and find out uh, what bollocks to Brexit meant. Um, but apparently <laughs> that particular word and that particular phrasing was not in, well, it's not in, in their there. book. Not um, in there. Did you explain? <laughs> You're like, it's... Uh... <laughs> Stop doing those hand actions. It's a very good, it's a very British word, bollocks, isn't it? I love it. Have, have you ever heard an American say bollocks? No. Next time you see, next time you meet an American, ask him to say bollocks, or do something that prompts it. That's even better. Then I mean, no way. <laughs> I mean, that's too bad. Oh, never mind. Where is um, this going? <laughs> uh, but certainly, I mean, you know, I think you know, even Matt Kelly says in this week's uh, edition of the newspaper, you know, it does feel like the movement is currently with the Remain movement. Yeah, absolutely. Know, and to, but is, can, where do we go next? I mean, I was speaking to Peter French, one of the organisers on the show last week, and I was saying. These marches, are they really making a difference? I mean, did it feel like it was making a difference on Saturday? I think so. And I, if we go back to the march in June, um, you know, when the People's Vote campaign was very much in its infancy, you know, people were not quite clear about, you know, what that could potentially achieve. If you move, you know, four or five months further forward to, to that particular march, that's what everyone was talking about, a People's Vote. And it seemed like suddenly, you know, there had been um, changes in sort of that campaign. Um, obviously, the Labour Party has already been discussed, but the fact they are even debating it at conference you know, shows how far that movement has come. Yeah. But equally, you know, obviously we had reports at the weekend about even um, civil servants wargaming towards a people's vote. Mm-hmm. You know, any option is possible at the mm-hmm. moment. Yeah, um, yeah. Nothing can really be ruled out. And it so did... do you think that, because, um, I mean, I, I've been on a few of these matches, um, uh, of course, as a journalist, and I remember the early ones felt a bit like it was, you know, a bit like there wasn't a, didn't feel like there was a great deal of hope people wanted to be seen to be there did it feel more hopeful now i mean are people people really think this could happen don't they i think so um as i say i think any option is possible at the moment no one really knows what's going to happen next Obviously, we know that the Labour Party want a general election. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it, it's it. a possibility, but it does feel like probably the more logical outcome, if everything fails in terms of Brexit, is a people's vote. Um, and, and like I said, you know, anything is possible over the next. Well, couple I mean, of months. you know, the, the the government will certainly be listening, even if they're pretending not to, because when you know close to a million people file past your front door, it tends to um, make you peek out the window, doesn't it? <laughs> um, so, what we're going to do? Next, after this short interval, is um, Jono is our social media guru. He's asked you guys on social media for some questions, 
and we're going to pick them randomly. I've tried to think of a name for, for this. I'll, I'll keep thinking. Thanks, Jono. Welcome back. So, I've been trying to think of a name for this section, but they're all a little bit rude. Yeah. And I have been accused of being a, like a creepy uncle. Um, Who? Who would say that about well, you? I, you know, someone. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so I'm just going to call it Jono's Mailbag. All right? Let's, let's stick with that. Yeah, jo- yeah I like so that. So jo- Jono's taken all... He's been doing it all morning, cutting up... Because social media... I think if you could print out Twitter. <laughs> so he did. And he's been cutting out all the comments with scissors. Yep. And putting them in a in a mailbag, mm-hmm. and then he's going to dump them on the desk, and we're going to we're going to pull one out and give it to him, and then he's going to read it out. Okay. Sure. So you go first, Jono. Delve away. Okay. That's me shuffling around. Oh, very good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So uh, this is the first question. It comes from James Lawler. Um, it, it really builds on what we've just been talking about pre- oh, before like, the interval. It's almost like it's been planned. <laughs> <laughs> So, James says, my question is, how seriously do we think the government took the march on Saturday? If none, what would it take for them to take notice? This is me, right? Yeah, this is you. You're first. I mean, I might jump in. Who would have guessed? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think, in a word, kind of not very seriously. Okay, it's three words. But um, I think if the government was taking it seriously, they'd have committed to a people's vote by now. Um, I know the Telegraph report the government was... Preparing for a people's vote, but you know we already spoke about them having to prepare for every eventuality. Mm. So I'm not surprised about that. Mm. Look, don't get me wrong; I'd love it if people were considering it. And you might call me a pessimist, and I feel like I'm always sitting on this podcast going, "Oh well, it's all doom and a gloom." Pessimist is never disappointed, Jerry. <laughs> it's true. That's why. That's why in all aspects of my life. Um, but I'm not really sure what can be done to make them notice because it feels to me as if we're on this path and nothing or no one is going to derail it until it's too late until we're all kind of eating those any eventuality turnips for dinner and someone says well that was a bad idea oh i love a turnip i do (laughs) that's my farmer's it's like your norfolk voice yes it was that was norfolk (laughs) but but and this is me gonna jump in now yeah go on um might maybe theresa may isn't taking notice but maybe someone else is who who could be about to have some power yeah Mm -hmm. maybe there is a potential you know, new Tory leader, or even you know the higher echelons of the Labour Party, are paying attention. Do yeah, I, what do you think, John? Do you think that's fair? Well, I just don't think, other than having a No Deal Brexit, which would be absolutely disastrous, I cannot see what the other options could be to get us out of this impasse. Mm. Um, you know, and it seems like the most logical solution that parliamentarians might support further down the line when every other yeah. option's been exhausted. Yeah, Jerry. Yeah, I guess that's true. I, I think I'm just looking at it right now and I don't think anyone's Sunshine taking it seriously Scots. at the moment. That's what they call me. Is this just all doom and gloom on this end, Richard? I mean, the second part of the question is, obviously, what do you think it would take for them to actually take notice? Well, it's is... difficult. Isn't it? I mean, I did see a lot of stuff in the run-up to the march. A lot of people saying, oh, how many more marches? Mm-hmm. We need to think of something else, you know. I mean, I think we would all draw the line, at, you know... Um, getting our voice heard in the shape of flying bricks. But if, you know, there is not really any more direct action that we could and would want to take mm. than, than these marches and these speeches. Mm. And, of course, you know, as um, as the campaign always says, write to your MP, let them know. It's difficult to know what else we could do. Um, but I think all those 700,000 people who, who did march through London made it quite clear 
what they thought. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, don't know. It's I think I think for a people's vote to happen, certain other things need to happen first. Because I don't think either Corbyn or May is going to go. Oh, she's right. So people's vote. They're not going to do that now. No. So certain other things need to fall into place. Perfectly feasible things. You know, I'm not. I I, I still reckon it's fifty fifty whether we'll get some kind of second referendum. You're glass half full type guy. Yeah. All right, it's my turn. Okay, so this one comes from Facebook. It's Richard Price. Very much on a similar theme. If if the Brexit deal is voted down in Parliament, will May May resign, call a people's vote, have a general election, or come out without a deal? Oh, well, I... We've predicted Theresa May's downfall on so many occasions that I now refuse to. I think that <laughs> Theresa May will probably be Prime Minister of the United Kingdom. Forevermore! <laughs> I cannot see us having another Prime Minister ever again. Because if she can cling on to this, to number 10, you know, in what she's gone through already, she can literally go through anything. So she is not leaving. No way would she resign. I just can't see it. And will the 48 letters go in? Well, I mean, that's probable, I would suggest. I don't think she's going to call the people's vote. If she called a general election and the Tories lost, she her legacy would be completely screwed up in her own party as well as in the, in the eyes of the country. So she's definitely not going to call a general election. I think, I think she'll probably come out with that deal. Yeah, I agree. I completely agree. I don't see that she has any other option... It's another one of those situations that we we say this all the time, don't we, where she's in a, in a situation completely of her own making, mm-hmm. is now in a corner and has no other option for all those reasons you just said. I think she'd have no choice but to go over no deal. Yeah, which, which is scary. And I think she's going to try and frame it like that to spook um, politicians into backing her deal. Yeah, sure. And a lot, of, so a lot, of, a lot of uh, Labour people are trying to play that down and say they were never going to leave without a deal, so don't worry about that, just to, just to get her beaten in, in Parliament. But I have serious concerns that she will just go, OK, let's do it. Yeah, kamikaze mission. Yeah, what do you reckon, Jonah? No deal? Well, I think she's always been, since the very start of her leadership, at the mercy of her backbenchers, and mm. at the end of the day, they are going to, a huge amount, dictate what happens next. And But if there's a leadership challenge, she'll just stand and win? Yeah, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure, but I'm not sure it puts her in that much more of a stronger position. The people... well, it doesn't. She's not bothered about strong positions. Well, no, she? no, absolutely. We'll past that. This is very true. This is very true. Long gone. But at the end of the day, the backbenchers most likely will want a no deal Brexit, and as you say, that's exactly, that, that's exactly, good point. What will very good point. Very good point. All right, let's go for another. Okay, so. This one's for you, Jerry. So this is from Stephen from on Facebook. If Brexiteers are convinced the people are behind their Brexit ideal, how come they won't support a people's vote just to shut up Remainers and prove there is support still for their Brexit? Ooh, yeah. Well, I said this. I like this question, actually, because it's an argument that I find really convincing. And there are some leavers who have said, yeah, all right, bring it on, let's have another vote. Um, and I kind of... You know, I kind of respect that because they think it'll go the same way. And if you've got that much conviction, let's let's kind of have it. Um, One of the arguments against it is that it's only been two years and people apparently shouldn't be able to change their minds so quickly. But there was less time than that between the 2015 and 2017 elections. Mm. And we kind of seemed perfectly happy to accept people might change their minds about things then. And they did, didn't they? I mean, obviously Tories are re-elected, but on a 
super slim kind yeah, of you yeah. know tightrope um i think really we all know the reasons brexiteers don't want a second vote is because they're scared um they're scared of losing i mean yeah. that's absolutely true i don't think anyone <laughs> looking at our current situation voted for this in march 2016 no one sat there and was like you know you're voting for a crisis in the nhs a dodgy leave campaign and a load of kind of lies um no, so. I, I, I absolutely agree that i don't think anyone voted for no leavers voted for what they potentially are going to get no. um this is why actually i think it makes an important point about what if there was to be another vote what the question is um it it, it, ha- it almost has to be a three three-way vote in my opinion yeah. you know um the deal mm. no deal or remain yeah we, it sort of puts us at a slight disadvantage because there's two to uh sorry an advantage because there's two options mm-hmm. that that would potentially split the leave vote wouldn't it i guess you'd have to add them up i don't know but it, again would it be have to be a super majority what you know what are the terms of it we, we literally don't know I, I but i think yeah getting back to the question they are scared that they will lose because it was so slim yeah i dare say that if this were, if if the tables were completely flipped and it had been 52 percent remain um I imagine that the Brexiteers, Farage and that, would still be asking for another referendum because it was so slim. I mean, he said that he would, didn't he, before yeah, the thing. Yeah. Would we be granting them another vote? If... if No, we wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just be honest about it. We wouldn't. We wouldn't. No, you're right. David Cameron would still be Prime Minister. Yeah. He wouldn't have had to buy that shed. Um, George Osborne wouldn't be the editor of the Evening Standard. No. Little Nick, Nick Clegg wouldn't be at Facebook. Nick Clegg wouldn't be at Facebook. What a, what a, what a job appointment that is. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't believe that. I thought I'd misheard it. I really thought I'd misheard it. Nick Clegg, he's off to join Facebook. And they've been courting him, supposedly. Zuckerberg himself. Indeed. They've been poking him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's an old Facebook it. joke. You got it. <laughs> From way back when Facebook was in its infancy. Very good. At first, I just thought you were being rude. That's why I gave you that look. Um, okay, let's do another one. Okay, so this one comes from Martin Lewis. I don't think it's the what, Martin Lewis. What, money-saving expert? Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure about that. He was a listener. Apparently, he was on the march on Saturday. Um, what, 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 the Martin Lewis or this Martin Lewis? Well, the, there were 700,000 people there. But Martin Lewis may well Martin have been Lewis, there. Even, if he sent- likes saving money, he will want to stop Brexit. <laughs> you think, yeah. Anyway, he says that um, he supports the people's vote, but he also supports a Norway Plus deal that would see us stay within the family of modern European nations but also might generate enough grudging consensus on both sides to start to heal the country. But is there a way to get this back on the table? Hmm. Um, it did always seem like the best of a, of a lot of bad options, didn't it? Um, but I think there are issues around the borders, around the freedom of movement. Um, there are issues about customs unions um, and that, has been the red line for Theresa May. She painted a, she she basically painted over the Norway etc. deals that are already there way back. I know there's people like George Freeman on on Twitter is very keen on on this kind of deal, but it would mean a massive U-turn by Theresa May on on uh, the CU and the single market. I, so I can't see it. I can't not in not in the state we're in. I can't see it being back on the table. However. As we said previously about the people's vote, if there was suddenly a change in leadership, my concern would be it would be a change into a less, even less sensible leader than Theresa May. Um, but if it were to be a sensible head, 
then perhaps we could put those things back on the table and, and start again. I mean, the thing is, lots of people from the beginning of the negotiation said nothing's off the table. But in actual fact, Theresa May stood up very early, very early in her premiership and took loads of things off the table, <laughs> which was a stupid move that I'm sure she regrets now. Um, because, I mean, yeah, Martin, I agree that it could um, start to start to heal the country, you know, get us at least some way back towards um, not having to argue about blinking Brexit all the time. I mean, my concern is that, you know, in the same way you're talking about the two possible options of, on a people's vote for leaving the EU, um, this would then potentially split Remainers. I think at this point we probably need to be as united as possible if we want to you know, sort of keep our calls going. Yeah, yeah, quite. Aim for, aim for the people's vote. Right, next question. Um, Ian Miles, very simply, he says, has Corbyn now come off the fence? Nope. <laughs> yeah, a, um, very simple answer to that simple question. No, so he told Labour and Peace, didn't he, to um, hold firm to the party's position, calling it a false choice that they had to vote for Theresa May's final agreement or risk a no-deal outcome. Um, that's not coming off the fence, is it? Especially mm. since, you know, on Saturday... He was in Geneva. Um, he always dodges these marches. Yeah, but funny then that he's he turns up at every other bloody yeah, march. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Literally, if there's a if there's accidentally a line of more than three people, cats protection league. In, he's in, there in some town in the northwest. He turns up <laughs> with a banner. I think his absence. I know it's not policy to back a people's vote, but I think his absence screamed absolutely the absence that we're seeing from Labour throughout Brexit his fencing continually makes the whole situation, every situation worse, in fact. Um, and I don't think it would have done him any favours with those 700,000 people at the march or or actually anyone on either side. Was there any anger at the march directed towards Jeremy? Um, there was definitely a few placards of, where's Jeremy? Um, in fact, some people where's were... Where's Jeremy Corbyn? Well, they were singing that in The remix July, he wasn't like. They, they were trying to sing it anyway. Um, not all of them knew the tune, which <laughs> made it quite interesting. not know not? the tune? At this stage, especially. Okay, well, <laughs> not, not everyone is familiar with the song. Um, but there were also... Were you one of them, Jono? <laughs> <laughs> it was me, yes, I admit. Um, but there were also some people dressed up in Where's Wally attire, um, also trying to mimic Where's Corbyn. Oh, okay. Um, but yes, I mean, you know, certainly there is still that frustration. In fact, you know, there it's, are... That's what it is, isn't it? It's frustration. Yeah, and there are still some Corbynistas that, you know, kind of wanted to downplay the significance of the uh, protest as well, which doesn't help the cause and doesn't help sort of how people feel about the whole sort of Corbyn leadership. No. All right, uh, let's do two more. Do one for me. Okay, so Justin Forster, um, if it, and he hates the word, so he won't say it, happens... Or Brexit. Yes, that, that it's not Voldemort, words. is it? Are you not allowed to say Voldemort? No, not Voldemort. You can't say Voldemort. All right, well, we've just said it three times in one podcast. Oh, stop saying Voldemort. You say Candyman, Candyman, Candyman. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I shan't. Sorry, Justin, go on. Yes, yeah, so what are the chances that we'll end up rejoining the EU? And if so, how do we make it quickly happen? I think that there is every chance that we will rejoin the EU. I um, would say that it's highly unlikely to happen within the next... 30 years um, if we leave because I think what will happen is if we leave with a um, if we leave with no deal then the country is going to have to be aggressive um, even with a deal we're going to have to be more aggressive than we are now in with regards to trading and I think the likelihood is that we will for a time at least um, 
because any government that comes after Brexit will want to show that it is making a success of it, even if it didn't agree with it. And to do that, I think we're going to be have to be quite noisy neighbours, really, for Europe. And I don't think they're going to like that. Um, so if then suddenly in 10 years' time or less, five years' time, we get a super pro-European um, progressive leader <clears throat> who goes, what a terrible error this was, goes to Brussels and says, can we come back? I think they're going to go, no. Um, they might say yes, but you'll have to take on the euro. You'll have to do all these. Other, and, and I think that's, I, don't, I mean, I think if you were to ask um, even the majority of Remainers, if we, they want the euro, they would say no. I mean, I don't want the euro. The reason being that, um, it, it, you know, for economic reasons, I have no, I haven't, you know, I'm, I'm not a flag waving nutter. I just, no, I have no interest in the pound per se. I just have interest in whether I can feed my kids or not. Um, and I think that we're safer outside the, the European single currency. I think Gordon Brown got that right. Thank you, Gordon. Um, so yeah, I think the, I think it would be too much. I think they would want too much from us at that stage. That even a remain you know remain backing government could w- would want to give away. So I think that, yes, I think we will. If the EU survives this, then I think it will flourish and survive. Um, if if no if, if you know, and that that sort of willingness to come out. You know, people were talking about Grexit and Frexit and all kinds of things, weren't they? After Brexit, sorry, I know you hate the word, Justin, um, but that seems to have just died down a little bit. And I think those nationalist voices are seeing what happens to us, and I think they'll probably go. Do you know what? I think we'll just we'll carry on banging on about immigrants and leave leaving the EU. Um, for the time being, so I think that, that will dampen down. I think the EU will survive. I think we probably will rejoin. But you know, w- will I still be around? Because as Jerry reminds me often, Jono on this podcast, I am very old. <laughs> He's on death's door, Jono. Oh no! Oh. <laughs> so there you go, uh, Jerry. Any thoughts? Uh, yeah, I, well, I, I agree. I think um, I think there's a much higher chance of us rejoining. You know, um, I I don't think that you're necessarily going to say. No, bugger off. But I think you're completely right. We're not going to be in any kind of strong position like we have been in the past. We're not going to have a loud voice at the table if that does happen. And frankly, have ruined it for ourselves, haven't we? Uh, somewhat. All right, quick. Let's do one quick one. Quick one. Okay, so it is quite an essay length question, but I'll try and rattle through this very quickly. Um, it's from Thomas Maxwell. Should Remain have learned its lessons from the 2016 referendum campaign focus on the economic impacts of Brexit with its current focus on the dangers of no deal? Should they not instead have been focusing on how people's understanding of the EU is often wrong and how most of their concerns are actually within the control of the British government? In short... Is the current PR focus still coming from the wrong angle as it was in 2016? Well, that is a really, really good question. Um, I have often said, to the point of being boring... Um, Surely not. Yeah, that the Remain campaign should have told everyone that it was going to cost them a lot more to go on holiday. Um, it, simple as that. Just keep going. It's going to cost a lot a lot more to go on holiday. Yeah. It's going to cost a lot more to go on Malaga. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, one go Ibiza, cost you 150 quid more. Yeah, you, I mean, you just got, carry you, on doing that. You got to make it, and, worry and, about. and hit, like, show people it's going to hit them where it hurts exactly. on the holiday. Yeah, on yeah. The, don't worry there. about World War Three. I mean, we should all be a little bit worried. Yeah, yeah. It should be in the back of our mind. But that was a, 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 a wrong step. Talking about GDP and stuff like that. All right, you know, saddles like me, you know, GDP gets my juices flowing. But normal people, in a mm. good way, normal. <laughs> look at each other like that. <laughs> normal people. 
have no idea what GDP is. And indeed, why should they and why should they care? That's for sadders like me to worry about and politicians to sort out. So arguing on those lines was wrong. Um, should they have learned their lessons? Well, I think the, the, the main problem actually was with regards to positive PR for the EU. We should have been doing that way back in the in the 90s mm. and in the noughties when um when tony blair was around and of course but uh he very pro-european as we know i think he should have done more to promote it but we never thought this was going to happen um so everyone just thought ah people whinge about the eu we don't really care we're in the eu we're never leaving screw you <laughs> we should have been putting you know there are there are stuff on buildings saying from the bay money we should have been doing more about it though and i don't mean like like in the way they do on uh, mainland Europe, you know, I don't, I don't think that most Remainers would, when people ask them what they were, wouldn't say I'm European. I think most Remainers would say they're British. Um, I don't think it's that kind of identity thing. I think it is just look at all the stuff we've got out of the EU. They should have been talking about that then. I think we should have done that probably more in the, in the referendum. So is the current PR focus still coming from the wrong angle? Well. Ah, I, it's just so easy to tell everyone how rubbish it's going to be. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. I, but yeah, I think you make a good point, Thomas. I do. I think you make a good point. You remember when you sent me out to the Costa del Sol? Yes. To speak to all those people? Yes, I do. That's exactly what... Um, Oh, I can't remember her name. That's horrible. But that uh, Scottish woman who I spoke to in Mijas um, told me exactly what you're saying about kind of pointing out how important it is and how in Scotland they all talk about how, all the stuff that the EU's paid for all the time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Similarly in Liverpool. Yeah, absolutely. European city. Um, I think telling people they're understanding of the EU is wrong is going to make people take their heels in yeah, even more. Right now. It yeah. needs to be a gentler education over an, over a number of years, yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, I think you can lead a horse to water. You can't make it drink, can you? Um, I think the holiday stuff, like you were saying, but also showing people how they were kind of lied to and deceived o- over it. Is I think there has been some detraction well. there. I think, yeah, I think so too. Uh, you know, I think that the, the if the Leave campaign would be worried about a, a second vote and whether they'd win it, I th- oh, for f- pay my Amex, it says. <laughs> the Leave campaign were worried about a second vote. If the Leave campaign were worried about a, a second vote, I think the reason is, and they are, of course, I think the reason is because of those lies coming back to bite them on the arse. Yeah, that's exactly it. I think we need to keep kind of uncovering those and being like, look, you voted, let's say, in good faith based on the information that you had, but look, the information you were given was wrong. That's why you should change your mind. And that's that's kind of where I see people who voted leave coming around and being like, well, I didn't know this information. Now I can make a better decision. Do you know, I spoke to, during the campaign, I had a really good source on the leave campaign, who, and I said, I bet you wish you'd never put that 350 million on the side of the bus. And he said, it's the best thing we did because it's got people talking about the NHS. It's made it an issue. And I said, yeah, but there isn't 350 million pounds for the NHS. And he didn't admit that there wasn't, but what he did say was that is not as relevant as getting it in people's heads. They've seen it, ah, they go away. The argument carries on, they've left. They're still thinking about the 350 million. I recently saw him and I asked him about that bus and he said, if anything is going is gonna to turn this around, it'll be that bloody bus. Yeah. Um, so maybe, just maybe, if we carry on banging on about that bus, even though the government on 
Monday when we do the budget, we'll say, oh, yes, we've got this extra money. Is the £350 million? Yeah, but it's not coming from anything we've saved from Brexit. It's coming because the, the NHS needs it. So don't swallow that bull****. But yeah, I, carry on with the bus, I think. Yeah, I agree. Carry on with the bus. And, t- and your holidays are going to be more expensive. Right. Well, Jono, I think you can close your mailbag now for this week. Thank you Steve much. will return next week. So you can carry on with your um, snap facing <laughs> <laughs> and other things like that. Would you like to follow us on Twitter? What's the Twitter handle, Jono? The handle is at the New European. It's also the same handle for Instagram, and it's also our Facebook username. And the Facebook people love it on the Facebook, don't they? They do. We've also they got a group for Facebook. readers, so if you want to join, it's a little small community of readers. Um, you can talk about this podcast if you want. You can talk about how brilliant it is. Oh, I'm not creepy. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> it's playing on your mind, that isn't it? <laughs> it's got you a see. complex. You see, yeah. Um, there's no smoke, is there? <laughs> Jerry, you don't often get to read your Twitter handle out, so no, go for it. No, I don't. It's at Jerry, like the Spice Girl, underscore E, underscore L, underscore Scott. And where are you? At Porritz, P-O-R-R-I-T-T. If you like this podcast, go on to Apple or Audio Boom or however you get it and leave us a great review saying how wonderful we are. And of course, tell your friends. That was the New European Podcast, brought to you in association with Progress, the centre-left Labour pressure group, changing Labour policy, stopping a Tory hard Brexit, marching for a people's vote, your remain home in Labour. Join now at prog.rs forward slash join. That's prog.rs forward slash join. If you haven't already, go and get the paper. It's £2.50. Cracking cover this week, but it's not just a great cover. There's lots of good stuff inside as well. Politics, Brexit, as you would expect. Lots of great culture. All the usual things that you have come to know and love. We'll be back next week with Steve. Until then, Mr Campbell, play your bagpipes. Here you Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.